0: Good morning everybody. I'd like for you to remain standing or stand if you're not uh, as we read God's word this morning. Turn with me to Acts chapter number three. Acts chapter number three. We're going to begin a new series uh, this morning on the subject missional minded members. Missional minded members or missional minded membership, whichever you choose to prefer. Uh, and while you're turning, uh, let me take just a moment to welcome all of our Fairview family uh, uh, to the service this morning. It was such an honor and a privilege and a joy uh, to be able to be with you guys in person last week. And uh, I'm looking forward to more times like that uh, and opportunities to be able to worship with you guys. And uh, we thank God for what you're doing out there on that side of town and uh, sharing the gospel with those over there. So I hope you have found your place. If you found your place in Acts chapter number three, uh, we're gonna do something a little different. We're gonna skip back and go to the last verse, the last verse in Acts chapter number two, okay? So it should be right above uh, where you're looking at now. So let's, let's read Acts chapter number two and verse number 47, and then we'll go right down into Acts chapter number three and so on, okay? The Bible says in Acts it says, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily. He added to the church daily, such as should be saved. In other words, all those who were being saved during the week, God was adding to the fellowship, God was adding to the local assembly, In other words, salvation was not a Sunday morning thing. Coming to Christ was not just a uh, thing that they did in their worship on Sunday. It was happening every single day. The Lord was adding to the church daily. And that's how it should be today. Now, you say, well, how is that possible? How can that take place? How can that happen? If we go into the very beginning of chapter number three, you'll find out how that was taking place. So let's do that now. All right. Chapter number three, verse one. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered in with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's greatly wondering. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I'm so grateful and thankful for your, your mercy I'm thankful for your grace this morning. And Lord, I pray right now that you will touch every ear that they may comprehend and hear uh, what you are saying today. Uh, Lord, we don't want just a sermon. We don't want a a lesson or an outline. Uh, Lord, we want a message. Speak to us. Speak to every individual. Lord, I pray that your perfect will be done. And Lord, we'll thank you for all that you've done and what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I I want to read just a a little paragraph to kind of kind of give you a hint, kind of a a, a clear understanding of what I mean when I'm saying being missional minded, being missional minded. Uh, Missional living is a Christian term that describes a missionary lifestyle. Adopting the posture, thinking, behaviors, and practices of a missionary in order to engage others with the gospel message. Now here's, here's the point of doing that. Here's the purpose of doing that. The use of this term is to contrast the concept of a select group of professional missionaries... With the understanding that all Christians should be involved in the great commission of Jesus Christ. The preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. I, I think there's a lot of Christians today that are going to church every single week and they have a misconception of their responsibility as a child of God. They have this idea that missionaries are professionals that we pay or send, give money to, uh, give an offering or Give our missions giving to so that they can go out and do the work of a missionary. And, and, and that's partly true, but it's partly not. Uh, there's no such thing as professional missionaries. There's no such thing as people that are missionaries and then people that are not missionaries. There's lay people and, and, and then there's the, the, the ministry people. Well, we, that, that's not, that's just not so. The only difference between a missionary in China and you here in America is the field. That's all. He is a missionary in China, and we are a missionary in Coleman. We are a missionary in Fairview. We are a missionary in Hollypond. We're a missionary in West Point. Wherever you find yourself, we are to share the gospel. We are to get the gospel to every creature. We have a responsibility to those around us, those we live with, those we work with, those we play with, those that we serve. We have a responsibility to be a missionary right where we are. But being a missionary on the outside is never going to happen till we become a missionary on the inside. Till we start thinking like a missionary. Uh, We have to be missional minded. What, What does it mean to be missional minded? Missions has got to be on our mind. When we wake up in the morning, we need to think about what is our responsibility? When we go to work, we need to think about how we can get the gospel to those around us. Uh, we are all missionaries right where we are. Now, I, I want to make it real simple this morning. Let's just, let's just take it by these verses. How did, how did uh, Peter and John, how, how did they uh, operate as missionaries right where they were? And so here's what I want you to do. Simple, just three simple points this morning. I want you to take this and look at number one. I want you to see the field that we serve. All right? Say that with me. The field that we serve. Look what it says here in verse number one. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked in alms. In other words, he was asking for a handout. He was asking for help. He was asking for money. And it says in Peter, fastening his eyes on him with John, said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Rise up and walk. Now, here's what I want you to write down underneath number one. How do we determine, how do we determine the field in which we serve? How do we figure out where, let's just put it simple. How do we figure out where we're supposed to share the gospel? How, how do we figure out where we're supposed to be a witness? Well, here in this particular chapter, we find that the field that we serve is determined by the opportunities that develop. In other words, what happens in everyday life? You see, Peter and John, they were just living life. They were just doing what they normally do. They were going through their regular schedule. They were going through their regular agenda. And all of a sudden, here is an opportunity. They are there. They're going into the church. They're going into the temple, if you will, at the time that they normally would in prayer. And here is an opportunity. Preacher, where do I find people to witness to? You find them every day. You find them where you go. You find them where you live. Listen, you find them where you work. Wherever God creates an opportunity, that is your mission field. How many of y'all remember when Jesus was uh, going and he met the Samaritan woman at the well? What was he doing? He was resting at the well. He was weary with his journey. He was resting at the well. The disciples had gone into the the village uh, to get something to eat. And he was just there resting. But guess what? Here comes a woman who is in need. And Jesus took advantage of the opportunity that was given him. And how many times... Man, how many times do we have opportunities all around us? We have people that we see in restaurants, people that we see in grocery stores, people that we work with around all the time. The problem is not a lack of opportunities. The problem is seeing them as opportunities. You see, the Bible says that the, the, the fields are wide to the harvest. The problem is not that there's not enough sinners out there to win. The problem is not worse we're not seeing them as opportunities. You see, our field is determined by whatever opportunity is placed in front of us. Who has God put in your path this week? Who will God put in your path this week? Maybe that person is in your way. Maybe that person crosses your path this week for no other reason that God wants you to share the gospel with them. That God wants you to share your testimony with them. Maybe you get a phone call from a friend. Maybe you get a a, a connection, an email, a text from somebody who's going through a difficult time. Don't look at that as an inconvenience. Look at it as an opportunity. So our field is determined where we where we witness and where we share is determined by opportunities that develop. Uh, Look, (laughs) we not only opportunities that develop, but it's also determined by obedience, obedience to a directive. In other words, a command that God will specifically in your spirit tell you, hey, I want you to witness to this person or I want you to go to this certain place. Look what he tells the demoniac in Mark chapter number five, verse 18 through 20. And when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. In other words, the man that Jesus healed and cast the demons out of, he said, I want to go where Jesus is. Now, who wouldn't want to do that? I mean, he, he's just been healed. He's had all the demons cast out of him. Uh, for, and he's, he's finally found a person in his life who was able to fix his situation. He said, I want to go with him. But watch what Jesus says. He said, how be it Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath compassion on thee." Now watch what he does. And he departed and he began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. Jesus said, go home. Go to your friends. Go to your family. Go to your relative. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, you don't have to look far to look for a a missionary field. Just look at your home. Look at your family. Look at your friends list on your phone. That's your field. That's where God has you. If God wanted you in Mexico, you'd be in Mexico. If God wanted you in China, he would get you to China. But he wants you to serve right where you are. He wants you to be a missionary right where you are. Not only by opportunities that come up situations that develop in your life, but but just specific directives God gives you. Now look what it says in Acts chapter number eight, verse 26. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip and said, arise, go toward the south under the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. Acts six. In other words, it was a specific command to go to a specific place. Acts 16, nine. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. So what did he have? A specific direction, a specific direction from God. Now, this is why you need to understand how important it is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He told the disciples before you stretch out on your on your spiritual journey until uh, before you strike out on your commission, he said, go to Jerusalem and wait, wait for the promise that uh, the father is going to send the Holy Spirit. Now, what happened? Acts chapter number two, actually, actually, actually Acts chapter number one says, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me. You see, we have power to be a witness we have power to share our faith. We have power to share our testimony. We have power to share the gospel. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And then what happens? Acts chapter number 2. They received the power of God. The Holy Spirit came upon them. And Peter begins to preach in the power of God. And thousands of people are saved. Now, here we find chapter number three. They're, they're, they're following the guidance of the Spirit. Now, what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? I am baptized into the Spirit the moment I'm saved. I, I am, the Spirit comes in me, and He dwells with me and abides with me. But in order to be filled with the Spirit, I have to be submitted to the Spirit. In other words, I have to allow the Spirit to influence me. The Bible says, be not drunk with wine, be not drunk with, it doesn't mean to be drunk with wine. It means to be under the influence. In other words, when someone's drunk, they're being influenced by the alcohol. The words they are saying is influenced by the alcohol. The, The things that they do, their actions are influenced by the alcohol. Now with that same thought in mind, he said, be not drunk with wine. In other words, don't be influenced by alcohol, but Be filled with the Spirit. Be influenced by the Spirit. Be guided by the Spirit. And the Spirit is a perfect gentleman. He's not going to force himself on anybody. But if you will submit to him... If you will humble yourself before him and say, not my will, but thy will be done. Holy Spirit, guide my words and guide my thoughts and and guide my steps and tell me what you want me to do. Let me tell you what the Holy Spirit will do. He'll lead you to somebody that's hurting. He'll lead you to somebody that's broken. He'll lead you to share your story and share the gospel with somebody who desperately needs it. What happens? Listen, the Holy Spirit has guided the Lord Jesus. He said, he must needs go through Samaria. Why? Because the Holy Spirit knew that there was a woman who was seeking real love there, who would come to the well and get saved. What's happening right here? Peter and John are following the Holy Spirit, doing what they are supposed to do. And here, the Holy Spirit leads them to an opportunity to share their faith. Preacher, what are you saying? Your field, where you are to share the gospel, where you are to be salt and light will be determined by your sensitivity and listening to the Holy Spirit. He'll tell you to share your faith with that buddy at work. He'll tell you to share your faith with the waitress that comes to your table. He'll tell you to share your faith with that person who's just broken and down and out and is seeking counsel from you. He'll say, share your faith with your grandchildren. Share your faith with your children. Share your faith. But ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Watch this. And ye shall be witnesses. The power is the power to witness and to share your faith. So we see the field that we serve. Where do we find people? All around us. Where we work. Where we play. Where we serve. Where we we learn. Where we buy our groceries. Where we... We go on recreational opportunities. That's the field we serve. Let me, let me say it as simple as I can. Let me say it as simple as I can. The field you serve, your mission field. Now, everybody look at me. Look, look at me. Put your pens down, paper. Look at me. Look at me. The field that you serve, your mission field is wherever you happen to be. Let me say that again. Your mission field is wherever you happen to be. It doesn't matter where it is. If you're there, God's got you there for a purpose. And that purpose is to tell others about who he is. Amen. Church, say amen right there. Your field is wherever you happen to be. Number two. Number two. If we're going to be mission minded, missional minded, then we need to look up every day as we go out. We we need to open the door. When we open the door to our house, we need to tell ourselves. we need to tell ourselves every single morning when we open the door to walk out of our house, I am now entering the mission field. I am now entering the mission field. I am on business for the king. We used to sing that song when I was a kid growing up. I came on business for the king and I'm telling you, you are, you are, you are a th- You have authority from the king. He has commissioned you. He has challenged you. He has sent you. And every time you open the front door of your house and you step a foot outside, you are stepping into your mission field. Amen. That's the field we serve. Number two, if we're going to be missional minded, we got to understand our field. But then secondly, we got to understand our focus. We got to understand our focus. The Bible says we see the focus that we share. Look what look what it says in verse number four. Here we have here we have a lame man who cannot walk. We have a man who is is, is desperate. We have a man who cannot change his situation on his own. And here he is begging for somebody to care, begging for somebody to help him. Begging for alms, begging for generosity, begging for benevolence, begging for money. And the Bible says, Peter, fastening his eyes upon him, verse number four, fastening his eyes upon him with John, he said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. And Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. What did he do? He focused on the problems of a sinner. Write that down. Put that in your notes. He focused on the problem of a sinner. Preacher, what are you wanting to say? Uh, Here's here's what I'm wanting to do. A lot of times, a lot of times... When we see people with problems and we see people with issues. A lot of times we look at it the wrong way. And I'm, I'm going to put myself right there in that category. A lot of times I'm guilty of this. I'm thinking to myself, man, I got enough problems. I got enough problems of my own. I got enough things I got to figure out. I got enough things that I've got to straighten out and, and, and get fixed. And and sometimes we look at the problems of others as an inconvenience and and as an irritation and we don't see it as an opportunity and we've got to change that listen a missional minded person never never looks at someone other somebody else's issue as an inconvenience or a distraction they look at it as an opportunity how can I use this situation how can I use this problem in their life to lead them to the problem solver to lead them To Jesus. Do you realize that no matter what the problem is in anybody's life, Jesus is the answer? If you have a problem in your relationships, Jesus is the answer. If you have a problem, listen, with your faith, Jesus is the answer. Whatever issue you're struggling with, Jesus is the answer. And we've got to quit looking at it like we have to come up with a solution that we have to, in our own power, fix their problem. No, no, no. no. Ladies and gentlemen, all we have to do is get them to Jesus and stop looking at it as as an inconvenience or a distraction or or, or something that's none of our business. Let's look at their problems as an opportunity to share with them Jesus. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing what can happen when we start caring enough about others to get involved in their problems. Because when we, when we see, you're going to see why here in just a minute, but, but G, Peter focused on his issue. Peter focused on his problem. This guy thought he had a money problem, but Peter saw way deeper than that. You see, if, if he could fix his walking problem, he could fix his money problem. This guy, he he got what he wasn't even asking for. Did you hear what I said? He got what he wasn't even asking for. He was asking for a dollar, but Peter gave him life. Peter gave him an opportunity. And because of what we have, you have the truth. You have the answer to everyone's problem. And that, that is Jesus. So as we look at that, When somebody comes to give you their problem, don't try to figure it out on your own. Don't try to solve it on your own. Just get them to Jesus. Get them to Jesus. You see, we need to focus on the problems of sinners so we can focus on the plan of salvation. Write that down in your notes. So we can focus on the plan of salvation. I wrote this in your notes and I want you to remember this. Sometimes... Sometimes we have to meet the physical needs of people before we can meet the spiritual needs of people. What what does that mean? Sometimes we have to cook a bowl of soup and give to a hungry person so that we can share with them who the bread of life is. Sometimes when there's somebody that's thirsty, we have to get a, a glass of cool water to give to a thirsty person so that we can tell them who the water of life is. Listen, He, this is, this is something we got to understand when we do projects and we, we have, we have bought blankets before we have, we have bought food before and we, we have dug wells before we've, we've raised money to dig wells so people can have clean drinking water. But none of that matters. None of that matters. If we don't get to the real need that they have, I want everybody to have clean drinking water, but if you drink clean water and still die and go to hell, we've missed our purpose. We we dig those wells and we buy those blankets and we send the food and, and we send the missions help, all that we do, so that we can tell them about Jesus. You see, the miracle, the miracle wasn't the most important thing in this deal. The miracle just gave a platform so Peter could stand and preach the Lord Jesus Christ. Right after this, a crowd gathered and I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but you'll you'll see the miracle gave Peter an opportunity to preach to a crowd. And many, many believed on him. So don't miss it. It's about Jesus. It's always been about Jesus. It always will be about Jesus. Whatever we do in this life, whatever we do in the community, if we go and help people fix their yards or go help widows with their houses or or, or go feed people and give out hamburgers and, and, and trap, it's always for the purpose of getting them to Jesus. It's always a person. If, if we cook a, a pot of soup and take it to the homeless in Birmingham, it's not just so they can go to bed and, or, uh, tonight and not be hungry. It is so that they can know who Jesus is. Never give a bowl of soup without sharing the gospel. Never give a blanket or a jacket without sharing the gospel. The point in this is not that he can walk again, but it is that he would know who the Lord Jesus Christ is. You see, his focus... Was on his problem. His problem gave him an opportunity to share Jesus. You know what I found in, in, in the ministry? <clears throat> I hate to say this, but this is the truth. Uh, many times people won't come to Jesus till they have a problem. Let me say that again. Many times, many times people won't come to Jesus till they have a problem. They won't come to Jesus till their spouse walks out on them. They won't come to Jesus till that doctor says, I'm sorry, there's nothing else we can do. They won't come to Jesus until they've lost that job or lost that financial opportunity. Sometimes it takes a crisis. Sometimes it takes a tragedy. Sometimes it takes a problem to get people to Jesus. Don't, listen, don't waste an opportunity to get somebody to Jesus. If you know of somebody that's going through a difficult situation, if you know of somebody that's struggling, having a hard time, listen, this is an opportunity. This is a chance to get them to someone who can change their life. So focus on that. Don't, don't, don't run. Don't run when you see a problem. Most modern day Christians, if they'd have been going into the temple in the hour of prayer and they'd seen this guy and they know he wants something, they'd turn around and go the other way. That's not the way we need to operate. Let's focus on the problems of those around us. If we can help them solve their problem, we can help get them to Jesus. Amen. All right. Number three, and we're almost done. We're almost done. If we're going to be missional minded members, we got to understand the field that we serve. Number one, we got to understand the focus that we need to share. We need to start focusing on people. We need to start focusing on hurting people. We got to start focusing on broken people and people that everybody else will try to avoid because their problem is not an inconvenience. Their problem is an opportunity to help get them to Jesus. Number three, I want you to see the future, the future we see. The future we see. Preacher, what's going to happen? What's going to happen when we truly... Become missional in our thinking. When we start waking up in the morning and and thinking, okay, how can I get somebody to Jesus today? How can I get the gospel to somebody who needs Jesus today? What's going to start happening when we open the front door of our house and we look outside and said, this is my mission field. What's going to happen? What's going to happen when, when we start thinking thinking all the time that my mission field is wherever I happen to be. What's going to happen when we start thinking about people's problems as opportunities? When we start looking at people in their issues as a potential opportunity to get them to Jesus? I'll tell you what's going to happen. Is there's going to be people who get help. And there's going to be people who get healed. There's going to be people who come to Jesus. There's going to be people whose lives are changed forever. And and this is the most important thing. When that happens, when, when God uses you to completely change the life for the better of another person, the first thing you're going to see in your future is a friendship. Let me say it again. A friendship that's developed. Look what it says in verse number eleven. And as the lame man, which was healed, held H E L D held Peter and John. What's he doing? He's holding on to him. He's. I, I believe. I believe he's got a bear hug on both of them. Why? Because. He's, listen, he's been lame. He's been crippled. He's been a beggar most of his life. And now he can walk. Now he can run. Now he can leap. Now he has hope. Now he has life. And it was these two men who were instrumental. In solving his problem. So what do they have now? I guarantee you. Peter and John had a friend for life. A friend for life. Preacher come on now. Hey let me tell you something. You look really good in my face. I mean, look really good. Some of the best friends I have today on the planet are people that I got involved in their life and I helped get them to Jesus. And God used me to lead them to himself. And they are saved today, born again today. And I'm telling you, it's some of the best friends I have in life. Because they're so grateful and they're thankful that somebody took the opportunity and was willing to step into their mess and help them get to Jesus. Some of the best friends I have in life right now. I've got some men right now that I promise you, if I made a phone call right now and said that you were bothering me, uh, you'd better look out because they're coming your direction. Simply because, simply because I helped them get to Jesus. I've heard people say all the time, preacher, I ain't got no friends. Go win somebody to Christ. You want a friend? You, you really want a friend? Do you feel like you have no friends? Well, let me tell you something. Start going into the highways and hedges. Start going into the streets and the lanes of the city, as uh, Luke chapter 14 says. Go find the halt. Go find the blind. Go find the lane. And, and listen, share with them, Jesus. Go get involved in their difficulty. Go get involved in their mess. Go get involved and help them relieve their suffering. And I promise you, you'll have a friend for life. You'll have a friend for life. I heard an old saying. I heard an old saying that said, uh, uh, this man went out. He went out to find a friend. You hear me? He went out to find a friend and found none. So the next day, he, he, changed his, he changed his agenda. He said, I, I, I couldn't find a friend yesterday, so today I'm going to go be a friend. And you know what happened? He found many friends. Listen, stop trying to find a friend and go out and be a friend. One thing that happens when you share the gospel is you'll find friends that will last a lifetime. God will connect you to people. There, there is nothing, there is nothing that will connect you to someone faster than when, when you step into theirs or they step into your mess and help you get out of it. I, 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 I preach in, in, let's see, Mark chapter number two. Mark chapter number two, one of my favorite chapters, where Jesus was in the house and it was noised abroad that he was in the house. You remember the story. There were so many gathered together. You couldn't find a way in It was, you just couldn't even get in the house. So, so four men brought their friend and went up to the top of the house and ripped the roof off and let let Jesus down. And, and Jesus saw their faith was just tickled with it. He healed the man. And, And this is, this is what I say in that, that first, when Jesus is in the house, you'll find hurting people because wherever Jesus is, he attracts hurting people because hurting people know if they can get to Jesus, uh, they can get healed. So there was hurting people, but then there was helping people. There was helping people. Them four friends helped him get to Jesus. And when, now watch this now, stay with me. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. When hurting people hook up with helping people, you you get that? When hurting people hook up with helping people, there's going to be a lot of happy people. There's going to be a lot of happy people. What do we see in this story? What do we see in this story? Peter and John are going to the temple in our prayer and we have a hurting person. He is hurting. He is helpless. He has no hope for life. But then we have some helping people. Peter and John come through and they said, silver and gold have we none. But such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the hurting people got hooked up with the helping people. And now in verse number 11, we see some happy people. You say, you sure he's happy? Well, read the chapter. He's leaping and he is walking and he is praising God. I ask you, do you think he's happy? You want a friend? Find somebody. If you want a friend... Quit looking for people to be a friend to you and you start being a friend. Find somebody that's broken. Find somebody that's hurting. Find somebody that's needy. Find somebody that's in a mess and say, let me help you get to Jesus. Let me help you get to Jesus. And I promise you this, you'll have a friend for a lifetime. A friend for a lifetime. Preacher, what's in my future if I become missional minded? We see the friendships that's developed. B. I don't really want to talk about this one because I don't want to scare you off, but we see a fight, a fight that's discovered, a fight that's discovered. I'm not going to take the time to read it for the sake of time, but I want you to go home and read chapter number four, because this is what happens. All all Peter and John did was was heal somebody. All they did was help somebody. And then they used the opportunity of fixing his problem. See how that works. They used the opportunity of helping him with his problem to be able to preach Christ and preach the gospel. And there were tons of people who were believing and getting saved. Well, everybody is not going to be for that. The devil's going to come against you. Society's going to come against you. There's going to be critics of other religions and, and, and sad to say, of your own that's not going to appreciate or like everything that you're doing. There's going to be a fight. There's going to be a fight. So I'm just warning you ahead of time. Buckle up. Buckle up. Because there's going to be a fight. But the fight's worth it. Ever since we, ever since we started DMD and and, 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 and determined that we're going, to, we're going to reach Americans and start making disciples that make disciples that make disciples. Everything in the world has come against me. It's come against our staff. It's come against our church. Right as I speak right now. Uh, brother Dustin, brother Dustin has a broke leg right now. One of the most instrumental persons in this whole operation here. Uh, 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 listen, not just, not just in the, the, the daily ministries of temple, but it, it very, very much involved in our DMD program and, and, and here and abroad. And, and, and here he is with a broke leg. Now, I know people break legs all the time, but I'm, I'm just saying it's just happening over and over and over again. We're in a fight. The devil's trying to stop what we're doing. The devil's trying to stop the efforts that we're trying to make. The devil's trying to stop the gospel from getting out. But please hear me. Please hear me. It's worth the fight. Stand and fight. They tried to tell Peter and said, listen, don't be preaching in his name anymore. And Peter said, neither is there any other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. He said, I can't do nothing but preach this name. Should we obey man rather than God? This is what God has commanded us to do. And this is what we'll do. So the future we see, we see friends that friendships that's developed. We see a fight that's discovered. And then lastly, good news, good news. We see a force, a power, a strength, an ability. We see a force that's delivered. In chapter number four, I'm going to read it, verse 31. Now you see, they've been threatened. Uh, uh, they, they've been they've been uh, threatened, arrested and let go and said, don't be preaching no more in this name. They go back to the church and they tell the church what's happening. And so they begin to pray and ask for the power of God, ask for God's touch on their life. And this is what they say. This is what they say. It says in verse 31 of chapter 4, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. They spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that all the things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things common. Now watch this now. And with great power. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. There might be a fight. There might be a fight when you decide to become missional minded and begin to think like this all the time. That you're going to use your life as an opportunity to get people to Jesus. You're going to use your job as opportunities to get people. People to Jesus. You're going to use your hobbies as opportunities to get people to Jesus. You're going to find yourself in a fight. But ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand you're going to find a power. You're going to find a force that is with you. That is listen greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. If God be for us, who can be against us? Uh, Listen, God is our refuge and strength and a very present help in trouble. He said he will never leave us nor forsake us in the great commission in Matthew 28. He said all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And in Acts 1 8 he said, but ye shall receive power. Ye shall receive power. I'm going to give you ability. I'm going to give you strength. I'm going to give you a force that will be with you and go with you so you can accomplish what I'm calling you to do. We're not helpless in this deal. We're not anemic in this deal. Man, we, 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 we got to start, we got to start standing up and realizing that we have a power that's being untapped and go to God and get the resources we need and the power we need to be able to accomplish getting the gospel to those who don't have it. And I want you to do this. I want it, I want for just a second, I want every head bowed and every eye closed. Just for a moment. Every head bowed and every eye closed. And if you'll do this with me, if you'll stand to your feet, if you'll stand to your feet, and that kind of makes it a little easier for people to get out of the pew there if they need to come to the altar, I, I, I want you to do this. Will you commit today? This is the invitation. This is the invitation. Usually we have invitation music and and that's okay if, 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 if somebody wants to get on the piano. If somebody uh, is close enough there, fair of you to get on the piano or right here, uh, uh, just play softly. But this is what I want. I'm a, I, I want to beg you and I want to ask you today as every head's bowed and every eye closed, everyone stand. I wonder how many will, will do this right now and step out of your pew and find a place in this altar and commit commit to being missional minded right now, right where you are as the music's playing or, or, or if it's dead silent, whichever I want you to step out right now. You remember what we said last Sunday that, that the invitation is, I am inviting you to respond to what you just heard until we become mission minded. We will never change this country. Until we become mission-minded, we will never make a difference in the world we live. So I'm asking right now, as every head's bowed and every eye closed, I want you to come. I want you to find a place in this altar. And I want you to say, God, please, help me to be missional-minded. Help me to think as a missionary. Help me to act as a missionary. Help me to realize that right now, Help me to realize that right now my mission field is wherever I happen to be. I want you to come. Just come. Right now as every head's bowed and every eye closed, find a place in the altar and just commit. Will you do that? Will you do that? Will you take just a moment and say, God, I'm committing my life. I'm committing. I'm surrendering my heart and my life to you to be missional minded. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful and thankful for the opportunity to share the gospel and share the Word. I am so desperate today, Lord. Our country is on; it's in a mess. Lord, it's in a mess. Churches are falling apart. Churches are closing. People are discouraged. Lord, I pray right now that you'll please move in every heart and every soul. I pray that you will touch every single person. I pray that you'll touch every single person, every saved child of God. Lord, I pray, I pray that you'll touch them. I pray that you'll help them. Lord, help us to see... How important our our responsibility is and our job is. Help us to see every person who's struggling as an opportunity. Lord, I pray right now that you will be with all of us. Open our eyes to the harvest. You told the disciples to, to look up. Look at the fields. They're wide in the harvest. The problem is not the harvest. The problem is the laborers are few. Lord, help us and send laborers into your harvest. Send laborers into your harvest. God, I pray that your perfect will be done today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Listen. If you're here today, if you're here today... And you don't know Jesus as your savior. We've got people with Bibles in their hands. We've got people with Bibles in their hands right at the altar. And listen, all you got to do, ladies for ladies and men for men. If you'll find one of them, you don't even have to come right now. If you'll just wait a second after church dismisses, uh, they'll still be there. And you can walk up to them and say, hey, I'd like to know how to be saved. I'd like to know how to find that problem solver in my life. They'll be here and they'll take a Bible and show you how to be saved. Men for men and ladies for ladies. And I promise you, it will change your life forever. Everybody else, when you walk through that door, I want you to say it. I want you to say it. When you walk through the door and you're leaving the building, when you're leaving the building there in Fairview, when you're leaving the building right here in Coleman, I want you to open that door and and say this. I am now entering the mission field. Say it. I want everybody to say it when you walk out. Now, I am now entering the mission field. The mission field is wherever I happen to be. And I promise you, we're going to make a difference. We're going to make a difference here. We're going to make a difference in Fairview. We're going to make a difference everywhere we go. Because we're going to change the way we think. We're going to change the way we behave. We're going to change how we see what we see. Now, listen, we're going to dismiss But before we do, we got just a couple uh, couple announcements to share with you. Uh, So with that being said, uh, don't forget next week, we're going to still be on this topic, Becoming Missional Minded. So I want you to ask God for uh, clarity and ask God, God, what do you want me to do? And ask for his will in your life. So just hang on a minute. We got just a couple quick announcements and then we'll be dismissed. Y'all have a great day.